0: Hello. Did you ever meet a man who was blown overboard from his boat in the middle of the Atlantic during a sudden squall? Well, you're going to meet one today. On the podcast, we have a great guest, ocean going, single handed sailor, Tom Dolan, who has sailed across the Atlantic twice and is planning to sail around the globe. Tom is recognized as an up and coming competitor in the ocean going sailing world and has ambitions for the next Olympic Games. He has a great story of how he started as a kid on the local lock near Cells County Mead with a tiny boat and by focus, hard work and talent rose up in the sport. I think you'll hear the determination, resilience, work ethic and competitiveness in Tom, which has made him a great sailor and drives him on. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Netzer Digital Onboarding. During these times of COVID and falling sails, Digital onboarding is the answer to new customer acquisition. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal cloud-delivered solution for you. You can onboard your new customers or business account customers remotely at a fraction of your normal onboarding costs. The Nether Digital Onboarding solution will ensure your customer onboarding experience is easy and painless We'll integrate with your BSS, OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution.
0: Okay, Welcome to the podcast this week, and we have a very unusual guest for the podcast. We have an Irishman, Tom Dolan, from a farm in County Mead who is now a single-handed international sailor and sails competitively across the Atlantic, and I'm sure loads of other places. So it's a pretty amazing story. So first of all, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hello,
2: well, how are you, Pat? Thanks a million. Thanks for having now, me.
0: No, delighted to have you and to hear this unusual story, uh, at least for us, because we're all nerds here, all tech nerds or business people. But maybe just kick off a bit. Yeah, I, I, I made a little bit of a joke there at the beginning about your background, but that is literally true. You, you're from Kells, County Mead.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we I grew up on a farm a little bit outside uh, Kells in County Mead, outside the village called Minolte in the sticks. The Owlad was a farmer. And I suppose when I was young, I can't really remember where were you kind of had a bit of an obsession with pirate films. You know, I wanted to be a pirate like lots of, <laughs> <laughs> lots of kids. Um, so we used to watch them in and And the owl lad, he had done a bit of sailing when he lived in England. He lived in England when he was younger and uh, on the south coast so we'd done a bit of sailing so he started explaining to me about how it worked like why the pirate ships would come from place themselves to do with the wind and and all all this sort of stuff tactics I suppose the very beginning of of tactics and uh, I don't know then I started building boats out of cardboard boxes and playing with boats and being kind of obsessed with boats and stuff as a kid and then so one day he got a notion, and we went up to Boyle in County Roscommon, and he bought a, a little wooden dinghy that, that that he found in the buy and sell. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, we drove back. Remember, we drove back from Roscommon with it in the back of the Karina too. <laughs> 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 the back of the Carina too, and a little wooden wooden dinghy. It was a marauder. It was called it was a kind of cool name. It was like like the pirates.
0: Mm-hmm. And we used
2: to take it out on a lake up the road in in, in Loch Rammer in County between Kells and Virginia. Okay. Yeah, Doc Ramos, that was I first, got my well,
0: late and, and eventually you you ended up, uh, I think, in the famous sailing club, Dhanans in, in Cork, I think it was initially, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's a good few years there. So I finished school anyway, and I went to do agricultural science, like a good little
0: <laughs> boy I dropped,
2: dropped out of that fairly quickly. like, <laughs> And then I went and did a PLC course in Colossia in Kulak. I know uh, it. It's up the road
0: yeah.
2: for me. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was it, three years there. Sha- Shackleton was called Out- Outdoor Adventure Management, where you could kind of learn about managing sports, outdoor sports centres. As part of it, you had to do a work experience thing. And they said to me, hey, look, you like sailing. If you, if you, I, was ma- I was more mad about everything to do with sailing back when I was doing the course. And they said, if you want to get more into sailing, go to this place in Cork, which is called Glennans, You have to go as a volunteer, but at, the, the, you, at least you learn so I went down there and did a few weeks as a volunteer mm-hmm. and then they loved it and then they offered me a job so I went back the next summer and the thing was Lenan's was was a was, it was a non-profit sailing association that had been set up in France in the 40s after the first world war sorry yeah the late 40s the idea was to make sailing accessible to, to people to everyone really to, at, at the time it was the kids who were a bit shook up after the war so it was full of French people I got to know all these French people and I kind of I never really, it was, uh, sailing's a bit of an odd sport. Like, it's, 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 in Ireland, it's a bit kind of hard to get into if you don't live near the sea and you don't have a boat and you don't, you're not a member of a yacht club, you know, it's kind of, kind of a bit like, mm-hmm. get into the yacht clubs, you need to know someone, you have to be sponsored, you have to all this, this kind of crack. So this was a kind of easy, accessible way. And, and they kind of, they started dropping hints about me going over to work in France. And then. So you must have impressed them, Tom. Yeah, you know, yeah, I worked hard anyway, yeah. yeah you know. Do you,
0: do you, do you have a, do you have a strong work ethic?
2: People tell me I do anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah I suppose I yeah. am, I work hard, I always did, I don't know, I suppose going up on a farm you have to,
0: <laughs> you can't,
3: I
2: wouldn't sheep are after, know. Huh?
0: I a slicker myself, you know, I, don't. <laughs> I wouldn't know one end of the cow from the other to be honest yeah, with no. them. So, so you, well you, did you end up in France then, yeah?
2: Yeah and it's, see at the same, when I was young I forgot a bit, when I was young I kind of got obsessed uh, about this thing called the Volvo Ocean Race which is a race around the world Crude thing that, that used, used to be things on, on, on T, Tina G back in the day, and I was kind of obsessed with that when I was younger. And then in Glen Anse, I met this French fella who started saying that he wanted to do this thing called the Figaro. I was like, oh, So what's that? So I Googled it. It was like to start, would have been sort of in 2008, 2009 when YouTube had just started. And I saw this video of this dude on his own on his boat, and I was like, "How the hell does he do all that on his own?" Like, so your man started telling me about it, and then at the same time, they started dropping hints to, to me to go to France, and that's that's I suppose how I w- I went to France. I was young, free, mm. and said, "Right, figured, why not?" Went. I worked with them for a few years, and then that was that was a start. Early met a fella who lent me a boat, did a few races, did well. Okay, that's
0: pretty
2: amazing. I mean, do you
0: literally the. Do- the passion you had when you were a kid is what you've ended up doing, and
2: yeah, exactly, yeah. And then I suppose, well, as you've said, a bit through hard work and through through chance and, and and good good, cha- look lucky meetings with people. I suppose I, I, I slowly made my way up to from working in a sailing school to being having a boat to race with, to racing, to winning races to. Mm. Meeting Jerry to finding a sponsor to getting a bigger boat and doing more races and <laughs> suppose Suppose took me ten years though. I landed. I landed in France ten ten years ago this 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 month. Right,
0: right. Let's let's just say just talk about to, uh, Jerry Jones who's been a, a big help to you, and, and your sponsor.
2: Yeah, massive. I first met Jerry back in two thousand and I can't remember back when I was a volunteer in Clannans right at the start and he was on the board of directors he used to help uh, the the Irish the Irish Clannans back in the day. And then in, uh, in 2015, I did, I did my first race across the Atlantic on, a, on the boat that was lent to me. A mini was called, a mini, a 21-foot boat. Went across the Atlantic on my own, had all sorts of disastrous experiences. <laughs> <laughs> and I came, <laughs> came back to Dublin and uh, did a speech to ex-members of the Nance to tell them about it. And Jerry came up to me after and said, here, look, Tom, that's an amazing story. I'd love to, I'd love to help you. And I said, yeah, it is okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came over to France and I coached him a bit on sailing. And then he started coaching me on on the whole business side of it and then just a general, I suppose, motivator,
3: mm-hmm.
2: coach and the whole thing, yes. Yeah, so. And
0: he introduced you to Smurfit Kappa, who I think you're a sponsor, yeah. He did, yeah. He got
2: us some got me a meeting in Smurfit Kappa actually fairly early on. He kinda said, Geez Tom, how would you like to go into Smurfit Kappa? and and pitch it, and I did, and it's funny, we were going into the meeting, and I kind of goes, do I look alright, Jerry? It's the first time I've <laughs> ever been, first time I'd ever been to a meeting in, in like, an, an office thing like that, and, and, and like, amazing office is really clean, really, you know, I was like, whoa, and I goes, So I look, how do I look, Jerry? And he goes, you look like a sailor going into
0: an office. For <laughs> <laughs> it work anyway? Can I Can I ask you a couple of, sort of, landlubber questions here, for want of a, a better word? Yeah. Is, you know, when you're sailing across the Atlantic by yourself, I can imagine you you go through a whole range of emotions. I mean, is it, scary lonely exhilarating what what sort of range of what what's the, I mean, you must be very tough minded to stay that focused it is it's a bit it, it
2: is tough it is exhilarating it is lonely when it is uh, it's it's all of that i suppose in a way it's kind of it's weird when i think back at it it seems like it happened so quick like the, the first time i did it it took me 18 days it was the longest i was on my own I suppose once you get into the rhythm of it, it actually goes fairly quickly. But it is, it's, it's, it's exhilarating, especially the, the thing is, the nights are really long because we're so close to the equator. The nights are like 12 hours long, so it gets dark at six o'clock and, and gets light again at six o'clock the next morning. As you get across, the, the, the wind it gets very, very unstable, and you get the further west you get, the longer into the race you are, the more tired you are, and the more crazy the squalls get at about four or five in the morning. So mm. <laughs> the, the, the longer it goes, the more exhilarating, the more scary it is, so...
0: And how long is your day? I mean, would you get eight hours sleep? What's, what's your day like typically? Well,
2: on a good day, you get maybe four hours, four or five hours sleep altogether, broken up into to 20 or 30 minute slots.
0: Did you ever think like, this is it, man, this is it for me? Some situation where a catastrophe arose that you know, you're know you trying to gra- grapple with?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. The last time I did it, I raced across the Atlantic on my own twice. And the second time was in a more perf- a better boat where I, it was more of a race. you know, I was really in the in the I wanted to win the wind thing you know It was one of the favourites it was probably about three or four days left and as I said it was we got hit by I got hit by what you call a white squall I think they call it like a big huge cloud like I, kind of, I remember I woke up after sleeping a bit too long maybe and I looked looked at the back you know it was real it's real dark and there was no moon so you could just see a big kind of black patch over most of the clouds and it's kind of oh, right that looks a little bit dodgy so, so I, I dropped a little bit of sail but not enough and then I got hit by the wind picked up to, I don't know force eight or nine and the boat pitch pole, sort of the front of it just disappeared into the sea, and it got thrown head over heels, and I got lobbed, uh, thrown forward, and I hopped, uh, kind of hopped off the roof, and then fell into the water. And uh it's like being in a car crash, same same sensations mm-hmm. being in a car crash. And I, I thought it was done for. I thought, the right. was go, I thought the boat was going to go upside down, and I was tied to it, and everything, But
0: it didn't. Luckily, it didn't go upside down. That was a bit. Uh... Uh, uh, do you, I mean, do you have a safety line? How do you? Were you littering yeah. the water outside uh, off the boat? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was in the in the off the boat in the water. Yeah, standing standing on the sail that was floating. I Could see the oh. Smurfy Kappa logo drifting under the sea. And luckily, I was tied on. Yeah, I was tied on. So that's what that's what saved me. I suppose that stopped me going
3: over.
0: It must need a lot of discipline to, you know, stay conscious because that probably could happen pretty well anytime where you have something something comes that just you have yeah. to survive through it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And if it hit, it, it hit me twenty minutes earlier. I would have been asleep, and I would have had all sail up, and she's at the mast. Definitely, something would have broken it fairly badly, and said the mast would have gone, mm. would have been upside down.
0: Uh, well, that's pretty pretty incredible story. I mean, what makes a what makes a good sailor is what are the skills, or is it mental attitude? What's what's the thing that drives you? It's a bit of everything. What what makes you a good
2: sailor? That's a tough question. Um, thing is, you have to be very good at everything <laughs> you have to be maybe good at everything no not, not very good at everything but fairly good at everything so you need, to be able to, you need to be able to fix more or less anything on the boat that breaks so you have to be a bit of a technician you have to understand computers and graphs and data and, and weather patterns and grid files so you have to be a bit of a tech head also I suppose <laughs> you have to be uh, in good physical form because it is quite you do everything on the boat on your own so I suppose you have to be to jump around all the place all around the boat hmm you need to be good, have good sensations, I suppose. You know, I need to, to drive and make the boat go fast. And then, after all that, you have to, the most important thing is you have to be good at strategy. Is you have to make sure and go in the right direction. Because most of the time in sailing, you can't. You think about any other sort of racing, you know, you just go as fast as you can from one place to another. Mm-hmm. With sailing because the wind is always changing, and the sea and the the, the, the currents and tides are never in this, the, the the same direction. You can never really go straight at the next the next the next mark.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, and I mean, is that something you learn or is it how do you how do you become a competitive sailor? Is it experience you think, well, my own experience is the best strategy right yeah. now? Yeah.
2: Books, lots of books, That's a theory about weather systems and, and tide, and lots of lots of books, I suppose. And then lots that's about the whole theory side of it. And then the sailing side is lots and lots of time underwater. So all winter. It's the one that Celeste, the least uh mediatized part of it but all winter we spend uh, out on the water training and trying things trying new sails trying manoeuvres and then you know it's just a mix of all that i suppose
0: okay and i was looking at a video that you have there of you coming fifth i think in the figure if i got that right and yeah yeah, i could i could see the competitive joy of you doing very well in the race if i could put it that way it was, I was i'll put a link up on this to that video if that's okay and people can just see what it's like when you do well in the race you're you're pounding the ceiling literally <laughs> yeah yeah it was
2: mad see the figure all the thing with the figure all is it's not it's not really one race it's four races one after the other where we go out for four three or four days and then we come in we have a short break and then we go out again for three or four days and then we go out and it's on time it's on added time so it's the added up time of all the legs so you can do really well in two legs and have an absolute stinger of the last one and lose everything. So by the end, the day, it goes on for a whole month. So by the end of the month, you're completely exhausted and wrecked. And the whole thing, I suppose, the, especially when I did well at the end of that, it was like a relief of a whole year's worth of work.
0: <laughs> well, it's a great video. I recommend people look at it. <laughs> what are your plans for the future in terms of the sailing? Um two big
2: plans I suppose the first one the most exciting thing is that uh, I will have the opportunity to go to the Olympic Games in 2024 because they have just announced that there will be an offshore event it's the first ever time that there will be that in in Paris in the Paris 2024 uh, uh, elections (laughs) Um, (laughs) Olympics sorry elections in my head and it's in France so that's another healthy thing so hopefully uh, the results that I've had especially this year will help me qualify or at least make me legitimate to try and qualify so what's the second thing that you're interested in the other thing is I would like to race around the world on my own in a race that's called the Vendée Globe I don't know if you've ever heard of it but I need to get a 60 foot
0: boat and race around the world on it but um, that's a bit of an expensive ordeal so I have to find okay, I can just imagine well maybe some <laughs> of the listeners might be able to help you if they if they contact you and you can have a talk with them
2: yeah absolutely yeah always in the lookout for more sponsors plenty plenty of blank space on the boat
0: but how do people contact you, Tom, if they if they want to talk to you about what you do and so on?
2: Yeah, uh, Google. I suppose that the easiest thing is uh, Google Tom Dolan Sailing and there's a website and then click on contact and that'll that'll get straight to me. Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, brilliant. Oh, it's been a brilliant interview, Tom. It's been a break from our normal format, but you certainly got a, an incredible career and it have been very successful. So delighted to have you on the podcast. Thanks a million, Pat. Yeah, thanks a million. Well, thanks. Okay, there is one thing we have to ask every guest. Is, I don't know if you have the chance to think about a song you'd like to play out on. Uh, Yellow Submarine? I <laughs> <laughs> so <you> think it's <laughs> something to do with boats. With sailing, would
3: be fringy. But
0: right, Yellow Submarine? <laughs> if you want to do it, Tom, we'll play it. <laughs> we'll go. We'll
3: <laughs> In the town where I was born lived a man who sailed to sea he told us of his life